HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
right, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Glad to be back. This is Terry Diabolic, one half your host. Turn on the pulse, staring at DJ Never Forget, who just broke a mic stand. <laughs> Don't put that on air. I mean, you gotta, you know, live and die by your actions, you know what I'm saying? What did you do? It just snapped. Not me. Someone booby-trapped it. Oh, okay. It's good to be back. San Francisco was a wild ride. I can't say what I'm working on, but uh, it's been, it was fantastic. Oh, I already told everybody everything. No, you didn't. I heard the shows. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, anyway, it big shout-out. hush-hush. I want to just send a big shout-out to my team, who just totally crushed it this week, and looking forward to doing more work and uh, having a good time. Um, and we have in the studio with us a very awesome guest who I met over the summer at the... Did we forget the name? Was it Champagne? Chefs and Champagne. Chefs and Champagne. This uh, very decadent, very awesome event. Uh, we have Sean Fletcher. Uh, Sean, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thanks. Good so, to be. can I call you a Renaissance man? I can call you a Renaissance man. Yeah, right? yeah sure. Um, so, uh, Sean, uh, I guess you're tied to the food world that you have been a volunteer with the James Beard Foundation for the last 12 years. And for those who don't know what the James Beard Foundation is, can you please explain what that is? Well, it's basically James Beard, pretty famous uh, American chef. Uh, kind of put American cuisine on the map. When he died, Julia Childs, Peter Kumpf, a few other uh, famous uh, culinary dignitaries of the city got together, bought his house, turned it into a sort of a clubhouse for foodies, wow. basically. Um, but at the same time, they raised money for scholarships for young chefs and uh, and other things as well to kind of give back to the community. So, um, But in the meantime, it's like a different chef every night comes in and you get this amazing meal which you got to take part of yes it was the uh, chili dinner with yeah, the, yeah. Uh, from uh, this restaurant from Bryn Mawr, pennsylvania right near where we grew up it, is it open 365 days a year or how uh, not it uh, the you know the less goes on in the summer right but, uh, it's usually four or five nights a week at least um, throughout the year how do, how do they select the chefs the the chefs are invited it's a committee thing it used to be you had to be a member of the house um to be one of the chefs invited, but uh, I don't, I'm not sure what the specific rules are on that now. But uh, basically, a committee reviews like up and coming chefs and, and events and chefs that are opening new restaurants or you know this sort of thing, and then they decide who comes in. You know, they're planned usually out about a year and a half in advance. Yeah. Even. Can you make an analogy for those who might not understand what the like how big of a deal it is to be invited to? If you were to make a music analogy, well, they would say oh, uh, basically, you know, the, the opera singers have the Metropolitan Museum. Or the Metropolitan Opera, the, you know, some musicians have Carnegie Hall. This is, this is that for chefs. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I had read about the James Beard House uh, for years, and it was to walking in as, like, the same time I walked in, like, Chez Panisse or anywhere else that you just read about, and you're like, wow, so much of what is shaped American food started here. Uh, well, James was a big figure. Literally, and yes, and figured, yeah. Um, and I think one of the uh, most exciting features. Well, explain, explain the James Beard shower in his house. Okay, well, uh, yeah, James is a bit of an exhibitionist. Uh, we've got a picture. Of this guy is over six feet tall, probably a good three hundred pounds. He really, really loved to eat, and uh, and not much else. And, and one of the things he didn't really enjoy was putting clothes on. Um, but he has this, you know, this beautiful little row house down on uh, West Tenth, um, West Twelfth, and. Uh, he has out on the back the big greenhouse and go upstairs to the balcony that leads into what used to be his living room, uh, but now it's a dining room. But the shower is actually outside on the balcony, you know, in f- with really? the yeah, exposed to uh, the greenhouse and then uh, God and everybody. Oh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like you read about the shower and then you see it and it's as open as, as it is in your mind. It's way more open. But now it's yeah. in the, like, the pr- the, like the staging area, right? Uh, now, now it's basically, yeah, they actually have some tables on that balcony because that, no. that whole uh, second floor is a dining area. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the 
they'll set up the table for the wine and stuff in front of it. Nobody's actually showering there anymore. That's a shame. <laughs> That's a total shame. It's a shame. Can you shower there? It's a it's a working shower. It's a functioning hey, shower, and that, it actually it's the bathroom is the room kind of behind it, so he could have. You know, I'm gonna very easily maybe, had it maybe inside, that's like the VVVIP. I'm gonna say if that shower is working, <laughs> someone showered there. Like, at, like oh, I'll lock up. I'll lock up. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get involved with the James Beard House? You know what was you know, I mean, because you know twelve years ago. I mean you know honestly you've been there for twelve years, and a lot of people who are in the food industry now, um, not food industry, but people who are foodies. Especially a younger group of people may not know what the James Beard House is. Especially 12 years ago, even less people knew about it. Well, it was uh, originally it was a really uh, tight, uh, pretty exclusive group of people, and they didn't advertise much. And they, uh, you know, it was you really had to already know about it. You you wouldn't pick up uh, the F Facebook and see a page on it. Like now they have a blog, and they really kind of uh, put the word out. So uh, I found an article in the paper. One time, and it was all about things to do, you know, free in New York City, and how, like how to get a free haircut by going to the haircut school, or mm. you know, all these things. And they put it in there as how to get free cooking lessons, oh. which when I, you know, which I knew was probably not the case because uh, they they really can't afford to have somebody who doesn't know how to cook in there putting these really fancy meals together. But I thought, wow, what a great way to be working with all these amazing chefs that are coming through town, and, and you know, get to cook food that I'm sure not going to make at home for myself. So. I uh, I started making the phone calls, and of course, when they heard that you know it was being listed as free cooking lessons, they you know screamed and yelled, and, <laughs> and we're we're, uh, we're aghast. But uh, but I they I was persistent. I got in there. They gave me some really uh, really softball assignments. I got in there, and you know I had my own knives. I had the skills. I proved myself. And so, what's a softball assignment at the James Beard House? Well, the first one I the first gig I had was a brunch where. Some woman was promoting a cookbook about eggs. Every dish had eggs. Hmm. Like, so, six-course meal, everything consisted of eggs. I was really glad I didn't have to go home with any of those people that uh, ate like that meal. That sounds awful. No, like, eggs way. on pizza, some scrambled eggs, this. And like, you know, it was a while back. I don't remember the exact menu, but it was, was a brunch, that? so it was, yeah. it was pretty casual what food. Was I think it was probably some kind of eggy cheesecake thing. But, yeah, I'm not mad at that. But I mean, it was a lot of eggs. A lot of eggs. A lot of eggs. So wait, so what was your assignment? Well, but um, you know, basically, when you walk in there, you never know what your assignment's going to be. Right. So uh, when I was when I started out, now I photograph for the house primarily. But at the time, I was cooking. So you go in there, and whatever they need done. So it depends on how prepared the chef is. You may spend the whole day like, you know, scrubbing oysters, or or you may like. A uh, couple times I've done the house meal. There was a, a chef came in from Ireland once and and proceeded to. Uh, live up to all the stereotypes and get completely shit-faced drunk and sit on the counter Beautiful. and say, the fuck them. I don't know if I can say it on the show here. You can say it on the show. Um, okay, dude. Um, basically sat on the counter and I cooked the whole meal. I learned, uh, you know, stuffed <laughs> cabbage, which I had never made before and probably will never make again for yeah, uh, 60 good. people. Um, while the guy sat, uh, yeah, sat and got how many sauced people, on how the many counter. How many people can eat at the James Beard house? What's, what's well, we used to get um, upwards <laughs> of... Uh, Close to 100 people in there. I mean, they would fit as many people as they could. Now, I think they they max out at like 85. Guys. Well, how about this? We're going to take a quick break, a musical interlude, and we're going to come back and we'll talk to you about some more behind-the-scenes stories and then your photography work at the James Beard House. And, um, yeah, and anything else that you want to talk about?
went down the temples that I built for you. And I sang songs of praise and love. And up, I sang songs of burying you alive. And up, see, I had to tear it So we are joined uh, by Sean Fletcher, uh, photographer, bon viant, cook extraordinaire. And uh, over the break, you were telling us another uh, behind-the-scenes tale from the James Beard house. And I'd love for you to share it with me. Okay, my, my, my uh, favorite story from uh, from all the nights of working there. You know, we got to have a. It's generally goes off really smoothly because these chefs prepare so well in advance and everything. But there's always that one thing that can happen, and. Uh, we, we got, um, I had uh, David Thompson, this amazing uh, chef from Australia that does Thai food, had come in and he, you know, we spent all day working on this beautiful meal. One of the main components of it was this uh, consomme, this chicken broth that was going to be basically a c- component to every dish throughout the whole meal. 
um, big pot of it back on the back stove and you know we're, we're simmering these chickens we're skimming and doing all that just constantly paying all this attention to it had the chickens out of it sitting on the sitting on the burner there and we by then we'd gotten it so pristine so clear so beautiful well that the dishwasher thought it was dirty water and dumped it down the sink oh yeah yeah wow. he thought we were through with it once we took the chickens out and uh and so we go back there and there's this shiny clean empty pot that you know is supposed to again serve this you know huge house full of people and again a component in every single uh dish of the night of course uh Chef went ballistic. He was oh. bouncing off the walls like he tried to fire everybody. He's, <laughs> Love he's it. cussing an Australian in Thai, in English, in in languages I don't think I've ever even heard of before. And uh, of course, the the dishwasher barely spoke any English. Definitely didn't speak any Thai. And uh, and everybody else is just stunned. Like we don't know what to do. You know, we're just we're just the volunteer help. <laughs> but we luckily hadn't thrown out the chickens, so we you know from scratch again you just run those things out like uh, you know for every last little microbe of flavor that was in there we got them down we made a broth and you know no one was really the wiser but they didn't get that beautiful heavenly experience they got kind of purgatory I guess it'd be a purgatory consummate love it so so now your role is less in the kitchen and more as a photographer right Um, and how did you make that transition and and uh, you know talk to us a little bit like shooting food at the house well, it's a. It was, you know, they kind of found out that I, was, you know, did the photography as well, and um, I was thinking, you know, the, the the volunteer thing is really more for culinary students. So they get some exposure and they get some credit for doing it. So I felt like I was kind of taking a, you know, something they should be doing. And the photography thing is, there's a group of us that do it, and they have a schedule over the course of the month. Everybody gets a night or two um, a month, then, and you go in and you shoot each course, try to get some background, get the chef, get a group shot, and then. You know the the chefs use that for their publicity, and the house uses it. But it's a challenge because it's uh, you know they're they're cranking out ninety meals out of this really tiny kitchen, and you have like five or six courses. There is not a lot of time in between any of them. You're trying to you know shove yourself in among all these like you know knives and flying arms and sauces and, and garnishes and everything else, and trying to get that little like you know, perfect Kodak moment of this dish before like the ice cream melts or before the, you know, gravy breaks or whatever, all these things that can happen so quickly. And it's a, uh, it's a gorilla, gorilla photography, but it's a, uh, it's a challenge and it's a lot of fun. And I get to, has uh, your, has your work been displayed from it at all? Or have you done a presentation of it? Oh, I haven't shown the, the, well, I mean, it's published on the beard blog okay. and um, in their uh, materials. And I don't know how many of the chefs have used photos of mine, right. but it's uh you know, it's, it's, it just kind of goes out there. Personally, I, I don't have a... Now, if, if I want to get involved with the James Beard House, what's the best way to go about that? Um, you would want to... You mean as a diner? As a diner and then also... Yeah, as a diner or working for them. Okay, well, the, there is... You know, there's a website. There's, you know, there's a blog and then there's a website with specific links to all the menus and all the uh, making arrangements, reservations for anything... You know that's coming up in the next couple of months, and then of course there's a link to the uh, scholarships. There's a link to the volunteer opportunities, and there are more volunteer opportunities. There's a, a library that they keep. There's administrative uh, opportunities for volunteers. So it's not not everything is about hands on with the food. And uh, if I wanted to just eat, and for just eating, that's the easiest part because it, it is a it's a member driven organization but as the, you know they just have a member non-member pricing tier so you pay a little more as a non-member 
or you can you know become a member you get notified of things more in advance and and that sort of thing but you yeah it's just as easy again it's just going on the website like say the calendar's there you can see what's coming up and they're usually themed so like ours was that hot pepper night awesome. there'll be like new england night or there'll be vegetarian nights or or they're even doing some gluten-free things now and really branching out from just the old fancy caviar and foie gras. And I that. mean, that's a lot of uh, nights of service. So I, I would think that you'd have to mix it up a little bit. Well, it's, it's a different chef every night, but since a lot of chefs cook seasonally, right? there have been times where I was volunteering like over the course of every night in a week, and every night was a different chef, but every night was venison and foie gras. Right. So <laughs> right. there was... There was variety, but it was, you know, they're all cooked differently, but you, you know, sometimes right. seasonally, if you, you're going in at a lot of, you know, over the tight period of time, you're going to get some repetition in that respect, but uh, it is always different. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Charles, thank you so much. Do you have a website or anything or any work? Where, where can we direct people to find you online? No, yeah. no, I haven't gotten around to that yet. All right. That's, that's uh, one of these days. One of these days. All right, well, Sean, thank you so much. Uh, stick around. We got some pizza and we got, we are Augustine's coming up after the musical break. What what is going on? Just nothing. I'm, Dude, I'm a you understand that we do every week. You can just change your iPod setting. <laughs> Don't give me the hand. Don't give me Keep that going. look. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, we got we are scenes coming up late uh, later, uh, and then we also have a very special guest at the end of the show. We have um, Australian band. Just digging up the name. Damn dogs coming in for a couple songs and a couple uh, a couple. Couple chats, if you will. Thank you. 
So most bands, you know, get one shot and get to some, you know, fame and then kind of just go away. You guys are kind of on, you're on your second leg, in my opinion, as like yeah. another band or anything. So how are you approaching it differently this time? If it, it has to be important to us for our time these days. Well, so if as opposed to before where... We're just getting dragged along behind the, the uh, indie school bus there, dragging us through hell and high water, breaking our bank accounts and for pretty much free beer. So that those bullshit days are over, and we're, we want to live our life with <clears throat> intention and purpose and feel good about what we're doing. I mean, people love you guys. I, and I know that other people like bands, but I know that you have a very, very loyal group of fans and supporters in the you know indie school bus world, even though things go specifically KXP, who's been huge champions of, of you guys. And many others. And many, and many others. Many so. others. It's helped so many people. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just amazing, you know. Like, you know, do you approach the shows differently, tours differently, or is that kind of? Yeah, we're doing a, everything. It's like we, we decided to do three people instead of five, so that makes like <laughs> being able to get to things like this in a car like so much faster. Um, we kind of like got to sit. We just got to chill out for a year and look at it completely different. And um, I think that sometimes when bands get rolling, <clears throat> there's no time to stop, right? Like mm-hmm. you're either trying to hold down a job or you're touring, and there's no there's no time to stop and reassess stuff. You're just going. So Eric and I quit drinking for like six months, <laughs> uh, stopped hanging out. Like our phone call, our phone certainly didn't like ring off the hook when Payla ended. You think you? I thought people would ask if like would be trying to get like see if we could play with them or guest on their records or nothing. Thanks, New York. Thanks, New York. I mean, that's kind of like, I mean, I feel like that's anything in like the creative world. Like, if you're in it, you're in it. But once you're out, people yeah. are just kind of like, like they just keep blinders going. on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, I, I don't want to say it, like. Well, also it changes. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's like those people are like early 20s who are your champions and they move on and next yeah. thing. And then it's like these new round of people. Yeah. Like, uh, I was at Treasure Island this weekend mm-hmm. and DFA 79 was on the, uh, the headliners on the side stage. And. You know, there was nobody there no under their late twenties. Uh, I mean, because they just—I mean, they just stopped, and then like—I mean, they haven't put out anything new. They even put out a new thing when they got back together. Yeah. And it was just like I was like I was like, and even the person I was with, who was two or three years younger than me, was like, "Yeah, I mean, I, I heard of them, but I wasn't in it." And so it's sort of like, yeah. if you're not in it, which you know, I mean, I think yeah. you guys and we were talking about before we went on like it was a very specific time in our lives. Yeah, it was. Like if you weren't in that time or that scene, it was just like, yeah. Like, well, well, I think that that's what well goes back to like when we started the difference between then and now is uh kn- knowing all of that knowing that everyone disappears when you when you're not the the name on the right. blog anymore or whatever and knowing that your your entire existence in many ways is purely digital and it will just be wiped out the minute you're done um why on earth would you want to participate in that kind of world because it's such a trite superficial world so we had to ask ourselves why we would want to do that and getting to that core place where you realize that even you know we, when you started when we most people when they play music is because they love it and right. when they're kids they they get they connect to it on some well some level and it can and it makes them like kind of feel life a little differently and then the industry kind of has this this game with you and it makes you hate it and a lot of people become bitter become uh, self-absorbed or whatever or just get totally lost and you know why on earth would you want to go back into that and reconnecting with why we play music and why why we're here was the foundation of what we're doing right now so, so what, that's 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 really the biggest see, difference it, it, the sad part about it is 
that it has not. It's not the music's fault. The music's like the pure thing, and everything right. else is kind of silly. So, mm-hmm. what type of like opportunities and like shows are you pursuing now that you might have like just been like, nah, we're not interested in that. I don't. Back. Just there's there were there's been offers to play ever since the band started, and we've just just not really feeling like going over the that going over that patch of land we've already done that and so right. we, we started touring in the uk and kind of worked our way back from the uk to here so it's worked out really nicely okay so can we hear another song sure hey old man turn and scratch his chin said son i wouldn't know where to begin but your daddy's gone, he's gone down south Was all he would talk about We never blamed it on the soil The sun burned earth or the prices of the oil This border town is my home I got rattlesnake guts in a desert full of bones Now my sister, I go and find someone I won't come back no more No more Lord, I see red It's storming in my head I got cathedrals in my eyes I think my daddy's dead Lord, I see red I'm praying on my bed I got a drum for mama Got a sing for brother Now the sun is shining on my hood The statue on the dashboard of Maria looks beautiful And I'm heading down south Got tequila in my veins and the devil in my mouth Tell my sister I'm going to find someone So I won't come back no more No more Lord, I see red Jukebox tears and stones for us. Hey, it's alright. I got jukebox tears under turquoise skies. Hey! Some demons took it even Now my demons count rosaries We never blamed it on the soil The sun scorched earth Where the desert meets the sky Tell my sister I'm going to find someone So I won't come back no more No more
That's something great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> as you enter back into the studio. Well, I, you know, we have... I, Damn dog showed up, and I wanted to get them some pizza. And you got a, a cookbook. So, CMJ is upon us, yes, as sir. it happens every year. Uh, you're not saying it right. It's CMJ. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, I've never heard that before. <laughs> and uh, you've been listening to Snacky Tunes. I am out. I can't, no, that's... Between you and Billy, I can't win today. <laughs> that, I mean, but that's really... I mean, let's be honest. Like... Shows are sort of secondary at CMJ. It's not really What's uh, primary. Getting your name on a flyer, which is, pretty it, much, it, honestly, which, is which is pretty much everything that we are Augustines just said that they are not pursuing. I know, but I'm I'm just saying that like you guys are doing it right because you guys have selected like, but like so many of the shows are just like it's a pain in the ass to load in. The majority of New York doesn't care. It's not like Austin when like the entire city is like ready for South by, mm-hmm. or it's like a festival when it's just like you're in a, in a location like that's CMJ is like a very tough thing to play. I think we realized that we are background music. After all these years, we kind of finally realized that no one really cares. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, might, I might be biased, but I think, full disclosure, because I work for the Ace Hotel, we're partnering with KXP. You guys are playing there on Wednesday. Yep. I think those opportunities awesome. were, are awesome. But then again, it's because, you know... 50, 100 people might show up because mm-hmm. you know limited space or because you guys are playing at 11 in the morning. Sure. But then it lives on in the ether and is recorded and things sure. like that. But playing the 8 p.m. slot on Thursday at pianos, mm-hmm. maybe maybe not it, as... Th- to, not to come full circle, like this is, the, this is the topic, right? Like it's really nice kind of having done it and looking at things going, you know, I want things to have meaning. Like I right. want them to mean something. But I mean, th- I, I would say this... Um, we had uh, J.D. Sampson, who used to be in the Tigre, or still is in the Tigre, and was a man, and talking about second second comings or things like that. It's like, you're starting over in the sense that like people might not know the name, but you already have the relationships, mm-hmm. which actually, and you know the ones that are good. Yes, sir. And as opposed to the ones that are bad, which we talked about before. Yes, uh, and that is well ahead of the curve than like a starting point being like, hi, yeah. please try and listen to us. Which yeah. is like great, because you guys get the opportunities to play kxp without having to put the five years of just having them to like hear your songs first. no but you put in the five years i mean it's all about moving forward right yeah yeah i mean we, we started with when when Pele broke up we realized we were surrounded by vultures and and it was up to just, us just to put it just to, to put it loosely <laughs> just yeah. in the nicest terms possible but it was up to mm-hmm. us to to change that perspective and then at the same time that we were surrounded by vultures the minute we changed our perspective, we realized we were surrounded by people who supported us and loved us and would do anything they could to, to help us. And They're we just there. simply went towards them. I mean, you know? Billy, and, and all of a sudden we have yeah, I mean, like a you whole got different in, perspective on music. Exactly. And you got in two serious accidents. And there's yeah. still... What I thought was great about that is like you got an accident you guys had to pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, you came back and there were people there and you got into another accident mm-hmm. and there were people there. And that, to me, was like one of the most heartwarming things yeah. that people were just like, yeah, we'll just wait. I know. I thought it was really. I thought it was really uh, noteworthy that I, <clears throat> living in a city this big, it's really. I try to explain it to people when we're not here, like actually what it's like to actually live in New York. And there's like basically like, you know, areas that have their own scene, their own their own tempo, their own vibe. Um, but the fact that like a, a music community at large actually helped me. I mean, that wasn't. I think that that, that surgery was like fifteen grand. 
Which which one of the two surgeries? The hand surgery? The yeah. hand one, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that was actually, I felt like a very, it would have been a really awesome write-up, but, like, no one really gave a shit. I thought it was fantastic that the, there is a music community, even though it doesn't always feel like one. Right. Um, and they actually really stepped up. So it was actually really something to be proud of. You know how it is with, the, you know, it's so much about the bad story, not the good story. Yeah. yeah. The accident was reported, not the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah, I think exactly. I, I mean, wasn't that the case though? Yeah, well that I mean it, it also to, to go back to Augustine's for a second like it really took a village to raise the band in a way because we um we started a listener supported model to get our band off the ground. We didn't do band camp. We totally did our own thing and reached out and we designed our own website. We, Which is an awesome website by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it's thank really you. it's thank really you. good. But we just had to basically I don't know if anyone's even listening but um in the music world or for the food food folks are listening but i guess what i would say to people who are <clears throat> doing it or starting it just don't don't underestimate the power of like your friends and i know you've been hearing that for years but like even people that headline the bowery or or do radio or whatever like even those guys like need to ask for help from their friends and give back also if you get, get a chance to like help other bands out do it and I don't know if what you got in mind that like New York's going to be some like kind of fancy cakewalk where everyone gets to hoe down and get drinks and chase girls and stuff like get rid of that model it's lame like, it doesn't work it's lame I think that's a, a good note to uh, to take us out before hold on a second before we play a song because yeah. I know they ever say that let's give people the uh, you know where's what's the website how to follow how to get in contact how to book you for gigs well there's, there's where to buy the record which has been out since this summer. I keep, oh. hearing about, <laughs> I keep hearing about this um there's like this this website something called about face something face the so, facebook oh book? that one yeah wait what book uh the people book. it's really it's supposedly it's really popular hey i i heard uh keep an eye on it and if you got money just wait there might be something in there might be something yeah i hear they're making a movie about it too I'm yeah sure. documentary <laughs> No, there we, we go. High five. <laughs> I'll try this again. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Website. We we are augustines.com. It, like it's like it's spelled. Can't miss. Awesome. It. And uh, we got. We're gonna do. We're gonna have you play a song. They're gonna play a song for damn dogs, and they're gonna be in here. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Cool. Okay. Great. Awesome. Uh, the name of the song before you guys. Uh-oh. And uh, thank you to Sean Fletcher, who. Oh, can, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Nice who's got you. literally like the best shirt on. It, of it, all it's time, plaid it's, yeah. pearl buttons with bees. Is there something else we could play? Um, this is a new song. Lift your tired heart now, darling. Lift it up into the air. And I will notice you in this crowded room And whisper in your ears Lift your tired head down, darling Lift it up into the air And I will float to you in this crowded room Let's get us out of here This is about it. 
like your pretty hair As long as my heart keeps pumping blood
Marcus Deans, Deshaun Fletcher, and uh, it's CMJ week here, and which means we're giving you more music with more bands. This is the uh, first time we've had two bands in one show. I want to welcome uh, Louie and Mark from Damn Dogs. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you very much. First, the most important question I just have to get out of the way, how'd you like the pizza? It was incredible. And we didn't expect it either, so it was double good. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of, um, it's sort of the, like, what pushes bands over the edge. It's like, come on out. Well, we don't know. It's like, free pizza? Like, we'll see you, we'll see you at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you guys have been in New York for a couple of weeks now, right? You guys were like a week or two. You've been hanging out? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, you guys are gearing up for CMJ? Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's, it's pretty hectic, you know. You sort of, from venue to venue and, um, you know, 20-minute changeovers and stuff. But that's part of the fun, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. Have you guys gotten a chance to uh, see the city get some good meals while you're here so far? Um, well, I mean, we've, we've eaten, uh, we've been here a lot over the yeah. years. So, you know, haven't had much of a chance yet because we've been rehearsing every day. We um, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where are your normal spots when you come to New York? Normally we go to Fobang. Okay. Love that on place. Mott, is it on Mott Street? I think so. Yeah. Um, that, just so you know, that is the faux place. To it go. is? Oh, yeah. good. We just always, I think we just stumbled upon it once. Isn't it great when you stumble upon a place and people's like, oh yeah, you, na- you nailed it. You, yeah. you got the right, you got the yeah. right spot. There's a place called Aurora, I think, here in Brooklyn. Yeah, on, uh, it's a Grand in uh, Kent. Or Grand that's in, that's yeah. fun. And that's they've fun. got another one in, in Soho too, I think. Right? No, no, Aurora, that Italian place we went to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us about the band, for those who don't know uh, who Damn Dogs are. What are you guys all about? Uh, yeah, we're Damn Dogs yeah. from Melbourne in Australia. Um, Louis, what do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're... we're it's, I mean, this is our first time in New York, so... Um, oh, so that, I mean, that's always exciting. Yeah, yeah. For, as a band, you know, we've yeah, been yeah. here... But um, yeah, we're, I mean, you heard the tune then. It's kind of yeah, it's a lot of our our tunes are all quite varying too. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the um, current like the concurrent theme is the sparseness of it all. You know what I mean? It's about sort of taking things out rather than all of us playing all at the same time. You know, like it's very bass and uh, groove orientated. But um, yeah, sparseness is definitely the the sound. Now, how did the band come together? Because it's always a good time when you're. At- you guys are friends. You guys are like, let's play some music. Let's yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we all played in other bands and stuff together, and then we just thought we'd do something completely different and and do this. I mean, that's always a good time. Do you, I mean, it's always nice when you can just uh, start and do your own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- and this is this is fun when we've we've switched it around. We don't have a drummer actually, even though it sounds like we do. Louis pretty much holds everything down. He plays keys and percussion and. All kinds of things, like he's pretty busy up the back there and, and drum machines and stuff and um yeah, so that's kind of a different different thing going on back there. Yeah, it's always you know, it's it's always uh like sometimes sparseness and sometimes just getting on the road, throwing stuff in you know, the fact that yeah. you can just throw stuff in a car. Yeah, exactly. And just like head on out, hit the road. Yeah. Now you're doing just CMJ going anywhere else in the in the country, or is it this no, and that? we played in um, Los Angeles about a month ago. Okay. We did a handful of shows, and we went to actually San Fran and San Diego as well. Love it. But, mm. um, Beautiful time to be in California. Mm. Good Absolutely. food out there? You guys get some good meals? Yeah, all oh, the t- Mexican food taco food. trucks, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, I think when I was in San Francisco, I have to admit that I went to El Farolito twice in one day. Uh. <laughs> well, see, we for us being Australian, there's no real Mexican culture there, you know, like, and only recently has there been any kind of decent Mexican food that wasn't like kind of Tex-Mex kind of yeah. bastardized 
and pretty rubbish, really. Like um, Ortega, Taco Bell. Type yeah, of stuff. that's yeah. right. And that's what most people, no, most people in Australia until recently didn't realize there was soft tacos, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but, um, yeah, I, and yeah. Louis and I actually went down to Mexico once just to eat tacos for a week, mm. just for the express purpose of eating. Uh, yeah, and those, and even those tacos are different than what you can get in Southern California. Yeah. Like the Oaxacan, like the interior, uh, Mexican food is totally different. Absolutely, yeah. I remember, you I mean, like, the first time we sit down for, like, a real quesadilla or something like that, you're like, oh, I, I guess I have not been eating any of that yeah. stuff. And everything tastes real. Like, all the meat tastes real. Oh, it doesn't so, taste like, it's not bland. It's yeah. so flavorful. I mean, I think Taco Bell's meat has tasted exactly the same for 20 yeah. years. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so yep. how about this? Let's play another song. Cool. Play another song, then we'll talk some more about, uh, I know Chris, uh, your dad was a butcher. Chris, uh, yeah, Chris's dad was a poulterer, yeah. A poulterer? Yeah, like chicken, chicken, uh, a chicken butcher, really. Huh. But yeah, specialized in chicken and, and um, you know, turkeys and goose. Awesome. All right, so let's come back and talk about that, because I know we don't get a lot of Australian bands on here, and I'd love to talk to you guys about Australian food, because there's always this myth, like, every time we talk about Australian cuisine, people are like, I don't really know what that is. So mm. we'll come back, talk about that, talk about the specifics of your CMJ show, and... Cool. I don't know, eat some more pizza, right? Yeah. Alright, so we got Damn Dogs in the studio And we got uh, Love Another uh, song off the Strange Behavior EP This Snacky Tunes on HeritageRadioNetwork.com
right, that was just uh, ooh, damn dogs, snacky tunes, love, good song. Thank you. Different than the first one. Thanks. Yeah, like I said, they're all a bit different. Yeah. That one we recorded in my house. Really? Yeah. Do you have a recording studio in your house, or is yeah, it? Yeah. Well, it's not really a studio; it's just a house. But you've got some pretty good. I got gear. some good gear, so you know, yeah. we recorded that at home. So did you? So uh, again, back to you guys just started recording songs. Like we're just going to do this, or was it a more formal like? We want to start a side project and we're just going to do something or we're going to yeah, start a new well, band. Well, we just we first thing we did was record songs. Yeah. We hadn't actually ever played live. We hadn't actually ever played the songs. They existed as demos on computer. And then the first thing we did was go into a studio and make most of this EP. And then we did that one last song at my house at the end because we wanted to do an extra tune. Yeah, it's a nice five song EP. It's a good yeah. Five yeah. is four is a little eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know five. Five was like, all right, I'm going to sit down and put this on and not just select songs. We were just shocked at how well Love turned out. Yeah, exactly. So we just decided to put it on, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the fifth song that you guys wrote together, so, it, mm. you know, you get that groove. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Australian food. Yep. Can you give us a clear definition of what Australian food is? It's Being an English colony, obviously, like... Real Australian food is just like meat and veg kind of thing. Like it's pretty dull. Like right, you know what what the what the standard person would eat. Exactly, but it's a huge multicultural country. You know, like most people are half English, half Italian. You know, right. Yeah. So it's the immigrant groups that have really brought like modern Australian food to be what it is. Really. Mm. So uh, so if I if if I went to okay, so give me like a top restaurant in Australia that's doing good modern food, and what would I sit down to eat with? Um, um, there's lots of high-end Spanish places at mm-hmm. the moment, and there's a few really good Middle Eastern sort of high-end places mm. as well. But on the other side of that coin is there's awesome uh, cheap Middle Eastern Lebanese and Turkish places mm-hmm. to go to as well. Yeah, in the neighborhood I live in, um, it's kind of... Well, it's funny, Louis lives in the Italian neighborhood, and then like pretty much a big block up, and I'm in the kind of Turkish-Lebanese <laughs> neighborhood. Yeah. Um, um, which has also got lo- lots of Greeks in in Melbourne too. There's a high end Greek restaurant, like a, I mean we 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 have hats, you know, like they have stars, you know. So it's got like three hats. This three, oh, is that was that what it is? Yeah, yeah like three hats. Yeah, like yeah, chef, chef hats, hats, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. It's like a particular newspaper is famous for, uh, you yeah. know. But yeah, there's this place called Press Club, which I've never been to, but it's you have. Awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Really good. Yeah. It's but, like a molecular. Gastronomy, oh, gastronomy. Yeah. Greek restaurant, yeah. which really? is really weird because Greek restaurant, Greek food is so hearty and like, oh yeah, earthy. the yogurts and the meats yeah. and the potatoes, yeah, you know, yeah. and then to to you know make it sort of make foams and yeah, what lucky foam. And but you guys, I mean, what I do know about Australian food is that it, it's a lot of uh, fresh produce, fresh yeah. meat, fresh you know like berries, fruits, vegetables, etc. Our, our um, standards for food are really high like a quality you know everything's of a high really high quality i find more than anywhere else i've ever been i think mm. um i guess we've got a lot of room and not many people so you know just grow just yeah farms. i mean my fa- my family were sheep farmers oh really yeah so did you a lot of sheep's milk a lot of sheep cheese a lot of um, lamb. A lot of lamb. lamb. We eat a lot of lamb. Yeah. Like we, you, you see lamb. If you go to a restaurant, you'll see lamb yeah. pretty much at every restaurant. Whereas, also, to answer your question about Australian food, like a lamb roast would probably be the most traditional thing that people would think of yeah. when they're thinking about Australian meals. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because there is so many sheep and lambs. L- lamb is delicious. Yeah, yeah, lamb's great. And it's lamb is, is, I mean, it's popular here, but it's more of like, like lamb chop. Like rack of lamb, you know, it's like it'll be a special it, on a menu rather yeah, than a main. To- yeah, it's totally a special yeah. thing to get to, for lamb. But there, I mean, I'm assuming hamburgers and things like that. Yeah, uh, yep. I've never seen a lamb burger. I've seen them. Have you? Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. Yeah. But then kangaroo, obviously, like there's lots of great kangaroo okay, so, dishes and stuff. 
Is it taboo to eat kangaroo? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. The thing is, we don't actually eat enough of it, like because they're they're culling lots of kangaroos because they're a pest in some farm areas and stuff like that. Yeah, they they like they like you know they can they can reproduce really fast and um, they end up eating them in a good year where there's a lot of rain. They end up eating themselves out of food because it gets hmm. they're so they just like they get to plague proportions. So we should eat more of it, and it's delicious lean meat. Yeah, you only have to cook for. A, Small yeah. amount of time. We're probably the only country in the world that eats our coat of arms. We eat kangaroos and <laughs> emus. <laughs> in, I've never had in, I've never had kangaroo either. What is what's emu like? Is like same. It's yeah. I don't know. I've never I, had emu. I've had it, but I can't really remember what it was like. But kangaroo is kind of like really lean beef, but it's it's, it's got it's, pretty pungent and strong. Also, yeah, it's quite gamey. You know, yeah. I feel like it would do it's well. It's really dark yeah. and, and deep uh, red, rich yeah. red color. Oh, okay. Like way Purple. darker than yeah. it probably would do well in other countries with another name. Yeah, you know, if it was like Australian beef or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and you know, just... jumping ox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, let's talk details. Where can where can we see Damn Dogs this week at CMJ? Well, we're playing tonight, t- Tammany Hall. Tonight. Tammany Hall. Oh, it's a great venue. Oh, yeah. great. Uh, I don't, were you over there when it was the annex? I think I was, but I don't remember. It's in the Lower East Side. Yeah, right? they yeah. redid the basement, and it is. Amazing. The yep. basement used to be, in excuse language, a total fucking shithole. Oh, good. Like, yeah. just, like, I mean, it was, it was good for all the wrong reasons and, you know, like, for the late nights and hanging yep. out, but if you ever had to hang out there in a sociable way, it was just awful. And they just made it, like, really nice and put a new sound system and they have good food there now. Yeah. Those guys are real rad over there. They're doing a good thing. Cool. cool. And, then to, and then tomorrow night is here in Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn Bowl. Also, another awesome place with great food. We've heard, yeah. Uh, oh, that's the, got food too. Oh, with Duke Spirit are playing with us there as well. So Tomorrow night? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to come. Oh, cool. Is it the school night thing? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. You know, yeah, yeah. C- my list of CMJ it just all runs. Yeah. Everyone's got uh, it. Brooklyn Bowl, it has the blue ribbon in there. There are also, it's the best. Oh, I've hu- been there. Yeah. I've been to Blue Ribbon. It's Let like me- a seafood restaurant. Yeah, but this one's, the, that's Blue Ribbon Sushi. This is just like Blue Ribbon. Yeah. Uh, they have the best hospitality at Brooklyn Bowl. Like they treat cool. you, they treat you so well. You get meal tickets and drink tickets. Sweet, but it's get it's down there early. Then. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's dangerous because the food is like not. You know, it's like fried chicken and wings and things like that. Well, me and Louis got this thing where we can't eat before gigs, at least like for four hours before. Uh, gigs. Then I, I would just I would. I would save it for after. Yeah, yeah. Because the kitchen's open really late, but it's cool. it's totally worth eating. But it's like everyone who's tried to be like, well, I'll have a nibble of blue ribbon before I go yeah. on stage. It's just like. A mess. And then the last one is called Bowery Electric. Yeah. Which I think is a little joint. I think it's yeah, Bowery yeah. Electric. Yeah. yeah so you're, playing all, you're playing all the hot and That's spots. on Saturday. Cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. you guys are going to be... I'm guys- DJing somewhere as well one night, but I have no idea where it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You'll know where it is. Everyone will be talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's usually, you know, say what you about Twitter and things like that, but yeah. it really comes in handy in festivals, times like this. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, thank you guys so much for coming in. Thanks thank for you. having us. And uh, thanks for the pizza. Of yeah. course. And we'll have to get you get when you swing back, and we'll have to get you guys to play some tunes. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Some more pizza. Yeah. We'll play you back. Uh, so we're gonna the last song we're gonna end the show with today, uh, off the Strange Behavior EP, is Very First Century, which is the single. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Moment. Anything you want to say about it? Enjoy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> website or anything like that, or Facebook page. Yeah, we've got a Facebook page and yeah. a Twitter page. Just damn dogs. Okay. Uh, I think it's Damn Dogs Music. Damn Dogs Music is the website, and just Damn Dogs for Facebook. Awesome. All right, one guys. word. It's one word. Yeah, one word. One word. All right, guys. Well, don't spend too much time in this practice studio. Get there and eat. 
Yeah, we're going to get out there. It's, uh, it's a lovely town to eat, especially a time like this. Thank you guys so much. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, we are Augustine, Sean Fletcher. I'm Terry Diabolica, one half of your host of uh, Snaggy Tunes, Finger on the Pulse. And we're back together again live next week with, I don't know, but we're having a special episode tonight at 7 p.m. with Wallpaper and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, so you'll probably get to hear, hopefully, the Snaggy Tunes theme song live. So here we go. Very first century, damn dogs. Thanks for tuning in.